0: Welcome back to another episode of the Know Your Power podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Aaliyah.
1: And I'm Julia Renee.
0: My mouth is really
1: dry. I would give you my water bottle, but it literally has all my lip gloss on it, and it's gross.
0: It's like red right around the
1: Like, one toxic trait of mine is that, like, I don't wash my water bottle enough, and it's like, oh, this is so gross. It's like all my lipsticks from every single day oh will just, like build on it that's tmi but mine
0: um the one i was using for a long time is one of those straw ones and those are just impossible to keep clean like they get so gross and then i'm grossed out and don't use them i have one (laughs) (laughs) you're a 12 year old
1: ew that was a gross that was a gross
0: (laughs) gross sound um (laughs) we're starting by laughing but we're talking about depression today yeah Trigger warning. Ooh, trigger, yeah, trigger, I trigger. mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. It's it's in the title, so you should see it. We're actually starting a new series. Um, it's the mindfulness series, and I don't even remember coming up with that ma- with that name, but I guess it works. Chloe did. Um, this whole series is really more so here to shed light on, to talk about our experience on, to remind you, you're not alone. We're just going to be going into kind of each like mental health column Mm -hmm. and talk about our experience and how we've gotten through it. Maybe if we still deal with it today, what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And none of it is in the way to glorify any mental illness. It's also not in a way to Um, I guess, like, talk down on anyone with the mental illness. We're fully just here to share our experience and hopefully give you someone and somewhere to relate to because when you are going through certain things, like in today's episode, depression, it's really isolating. It's really lonely. You feel like you're the only one with those thoughts and feelings, and sometimes all you need is that relatability factor to someone who has also been there and has gotten through it or is currently struggling.
1: Especially with depression.
0: Especially, yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) Um, I would say... Should I just get into it? I'm going to crack jokes, and I don't mean that in a way of, again, like I'm not diminishing what mental health is in any way. Um, It's just I use humor to get through things a lot of the time.
1: You know what I just realized? What? I didn't have breakfast. Would you like to grab something? No, I just... I'm fine. odd for you. I'm fine. I was just like... I'm not a breakfast eater. On Wednesdays, when I wake up for our podcast, like, it's my favorite day because I don't do cardio, so I get to wake up, like, a tiny bit later, do my journaling, my meditation, like, take the dogs out. Like, it's just a slow start to my morning, which Mm -hmm. is nice compared to all the other days. And I completely forgot, and I never forget. Well, that's nice because I get double meals after (laughs) that. Yeah.
0: There you go. Just double up.
1: I should probably just do that. Um,
0: (laughs) I'm going to... Give the definition of clinical depression because I feel like it's good to just like, I guess, say what it is. Um, It's a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed moods or loss of interest in activities causing Mm. significant impairment in daily life.
1: Impairment. Impairment. I I feel that that so hard. Mm -hmm. Like you're literally, it's debilitating Mm -hmm. to where you can't, You feel like you can't do anything, go anywhere, talk to anybody. I mean, I'll talk about my personal story after Kendall's, but like that's a really good word is it's debilitating. Yeah,
0: (laughs) extremely. Um, A little outline of Kendall's depression story is I think the first time I voiced that I was depressed or huge trigger warning. um, I'm going to use unalive as instead of killed Mm -hmm. um but like unaliving myself was like a thing Mm -hmm. or an option i guess tumblr culture was huge i talked about this a lot on erica's podcast which i don't know if it was ever posted probably not (laughs) love you erica um but we we went really deep into this so i'm just going to kind of like pull from some of the things i i told on that one um but tumblr culture was huge um girls with cut marks on their bodies was huge. That was almost romanticized and pushed. Like that was a lot of what Tumblr was, which like, thank goodness we at least have restrictions on social media these days, because as a 12 year old seeing that and glorifying that and like being like, oh, that's how I want to be because I didn't know it was unhealthy or bad. I think was like the first implementation of like those thoughts in my brain. And I think I voiced it to someone at the time. I think it was my mom and my mom's very much so like the New suck York up. type a suck it up. It's in your head. That's not real. Blah, blah, blah.
1: That's also like a generational thing. Like mm-hmm. I know that like my mom and my dad's generation it's just not talked about it's really just not talked about and honestly I feel like that group of people this is this is not a fact whatsoever probably probably a lot of them suffer with it and don't know because they have been told it's not okay mm-hmm. to struggle that only like crazy people go to the there go to a therapist and right? now it's so cool yeah. that it's just a part of everyday life is like I'm gonna go see my therapist like whether things are good whether things are bad like we're we're just going to go talk about my life yeah. because we need that.
0: I feel like that's so much more normalized now, which I think is good and healthy. And that's why I think creating discussions like in this episode, even though it's starting dark, yeah. um, is important because if it's not talked about, then you don't know what to do or where to go. Yeah. And then you're kind of left to your own devices. And when your motivation's low in a time of depression, you're not going to go out of your way to get help. Yeah. Um, So fast forward a little, um, I kind of had flare-ups of what I would consider depressive episodes on and off throughout my teenage years. I just had a lot of self-worth issues. I think it came from a lot of different things, but... Most of them were just insecurities that festered and sat there. And when I brought them up to people in my family, my family's totally the type to make jokes out of everything. So then when your insecurities are joked about and brought up even more, like they just continued that cycle. And I'm not blaming anyone in my family. It's just how I perceived the jokes they were making. I don't think they ever had ill intent or realized how much it was affecting me mentally. Um, And that led me to a few dark times through my teenage years. I was 17. I was in a relationship with a terrible man who was much older than me, red flag number one. Um, He was in his 20s and I was 17. So like do the math on that being illegal. Mm -hmm. Um... Wish I knew, (laughs) wish I knew, but I was painfully independent and thought I was like super mature for my age. So I was, I saw nothing wrong with it. And, um, he treated me terribly, like, a just never physically abusive, but very mentally and would all the things I wanted to do. He would kind of like shit on or tell me like that's shooting too far and that I can never make it happen. Um, which before this, we were talking about my current goals. And Mm -hmm. I do think those voices still stick with me. It's hard not to, um, and Just like he did a lot of things and eventually I became like numb to it and cold to it. And then he was like, something's wrong with you because you're not reacting to when I'm mad at you. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Clearly I'm the problem. OK. Um. So at 17, because of his input is when I was put on SSRIs, which are antidepressants, because apparently I was being too numb to his mental abuse. And that was wrong of me. Um, so I don't know if I would have went on SSRIs otherwise. I don't. I feel like I wouldn't have. I feel like because my mom is so like anti medication, I would have tried everything before them. But I didn't try therapy. I didn't try talking to people. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't telling my mom what was going on in my life, like mentally, before him or with him. So I was really just to myself. And he was like, "We need to get you on a pill to help this." And I was like, "Okay." Um, Yeah, it's it's so wow. weird looking at now, and I'll get into like where I am now and the difference. But like me now would have like. Said the big old F you
1: to that guy. Nah, fam. (laughs) I'll figure it out myself.
0: Yeah. Um, But I just wanted to make the people around me happy. And I was like, okay, if me showing my emotions more makes these people happy, um, I'll go on SSRIs. And if anything, I feel like those numbed me even more. And I do know they're great for a lot of people. I have clients, friends, family that are on medication. Um, The first one for me was Lexapro. I'm just gonna quickly go through my SSRI journey. Um, So I was on this other one that has like less side effects but it's honestly for treating anxiety, whatever. I didn't love it. I wasn't on it long. I think it was called trintellix or something like that. I was still having like bouts of depression, but they were pretty numbed out. And I do think it was because of the medication. So I thought I was okay. I, I could talk for like hours on different medications. I was also on birth control from 12 to 18, came off, went on, whatever. So a lot of those played a role. The last medication I went on is the reason I came off and I'm really grateful I did. Um, but while I was on it, I had my lowest low. I felt Terrible. Um, and when I was coming off, it was or no, when I went on this medication, I was just I moved, so I wanted a new doctor, I wanted a new opinion. This is what they chose for me, and it was Zoloft, which is typically for anxiety. Am I talking too much? No. Okay, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Um, my mouth is also so very dry. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll no, take a I'm sip fine, of my water for thank you. you. So much. It's like uh, when you need to pee and think of like a desert. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so I'm on Zoloft now, which is again for anxiety, which is something I never had. Like, Interesting. <laughs> but I have it now. So uh, let me explain. Same <laughs> Um So it was meant to treat anxiety. And if you don't have anxiety, it can sometimes create symptoms that look like anxiety. Interesting. Um, I think I was like actually intolerant or allergic to something, the medication, because every day I would just be laying in bed and my heart rate would hit like 150. Oh, so wow. I've never had that like panic feeling. I had a panic attack like once or twice in school, but that was like for public speaking yeah. or something. Like something was causing it. I've never just like sat there and felt anxious so this was brand new to me and i was like okay but at, at least i'm not depressed right yeah. <laughs> like now it's kind of transferred into anxiety um which we have a whole episode on i think next week so back to the depression thing timeline wise it was after a bodybuilding show this was my lowest low ever um i
1: which show was that nationals i think the one we competed at together mm-hmm Thank God, that's sad. I was fine during, yeah. Um, it's I, just what I'm saying, it's sad because I was. Right, I was competing there with you. And mm-hmm. you know, like we were friends at that point. We weren't like as close as we are now, but it's That's, just like knowing that this is what yeah. was going on when I had no idea.
0: So actually, it's funny you say that because you were a huge part of like helping me and probably have no idea. And not to cry, but I'll get there in a sec. Um I felt my lowest low ever. And just to speak on what depression looked for me, uh, like we said, it's debilitating. I would never leave my apartment, not even to go to the gym. Uh, my acne was really bad post-show. And I let that really consume me, create a lot of new insecurities. I wasn't going to the gym. I was barely cleaning my apartment. I was yeah. barely showering. Like yeah. it gets that bad where sometimes you don't want to leave your bed and it's like, you have no will to live anymore. So what's the point? And like I said, I, I had on and off, like on alive myself thoughts and conversations with myself throughout the years, but that's when it was like the worst and the strongest. And um, I, I'll i get into what helped me in a little bit, but I was like kind of grasping at straws at that point. So I was talking to anyone who would listen, mm-hmm. um, but I also was having a really hard time like reaching out to the people that were actually close to me. I rather had a conversation with a stranger about yeah. it because it was less scary because yeah. they couldn't judge me. They didn't know my friends and family, right? So I was like talking to random people, whoever is in, initiating a conversation with me, I need to tell them I'm not okay because mm-hmm. I know I need to get help because it's getting really bad, but I also can't have that conversation with like the people I love and that love me. And I did bring it up to my mom once or twice. Um, but never, never told her how bad it was. Mm -hmm. There was this one night that I i am not going to cry. I think I talked about this on a podcast episode a long time ago. Um, but there was one night, like I drove to a hospital and I was like gonna admit myself. And that was like a point I never, ever thought like, Like, it's crazy that your mental, like your own brain can convince
1: you Mm -hmm. that. To like get in a car and drive somewhere and go and do something.
0: And like, I was fully blacked out, but I just knew I like wanted to hurt myself. And like, I couldn't process why. I just knew I was having these feelings and it felt inescapable at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm tearing up a little bit. (laughs) It's just sad because like poor little, like young me. You
1: think about your younger self and you're like, you're you're, going to be fine. You'll yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Like look at me now I'm thriving. Um, but at the time I thought that was my only option. So I was like, I just need to get to the hospital. Like I just need to be there. Like there needs to be professionals around just in case. Um, and like, even then, like the whole walk to the car, I was like thinking of different ways I could hurt myself. And like the whole drive there was really scary. And it was like two or three in the morning. I posted literally on my close friend story. If anyone's awake, can someone call me? Like I just needed, it's so sad now, like that. I couldn't just call like my I think I did try to call my mom before then. But like I couldn't even like call you and you were like the closest thing to a best friend I had at the time. But no no no, it's not you at no, all. No, I know Stop. because I did this
1: I do the same thing. Yeah. So I I don't tell anybody. Yeah not even my partners, I tell no one mm-hmm. and everyone's like, she's fine. Yeah. It's like, no, she's Yeah. Not. It's
0: really easy. Like I'm sure people thought I was fine. And when I did go yeah. to the gym, I would put on a smile. Like I maybe cried on the way there and the way home. But, um, yeah, I was, I was always very good at like presenting as good in public. Um, I think as an attempt to make sure nobody knew I was struggling, yeah. I was like almost overly happy and excited and fun to be around. Um, so they put it on my story. It's like 2.30 in the morning, and I had no intent of telling whoever messaged or called me what was going on. I just needed to talk to someone because I felt crazy. Mm-hmm. It was just like constant, constant negativity, and yeah. I couldn't break the cycle. I was like, I just need to like, t- like connect with a human, yeah. and I don't want to walk into this hospital. I think I ended up sleeping in that um, parking lot that night and then called my mom as soon as she was awake and then drove home after that. Um, but that was like my lowest low, low, low. Like I've never thought I would get that low. I had never gotten that low previous. I've had some weird freakouts. My mom like found me outside crying once because she went to get dinner and I was outside with like a jar of peanut butter. Anyway, it's not important. Yeah. I always had weird things and I just wanted to leave my house because yeah. I didn't feel safe there because I didn't trust myself because I was being so mean to myself. And that, that gets really dark. And I've had those are the really extreme examples. I've definitely had like normal, I I don't think depression is normal for any degree, but like more mild case where I'm just like a little not motivated or like, I'm a little like slowed down or I hit a wall. Um, but those were the extreme. And after that extreme, I came off my medication and, I could say I haven't had a depressive episode since, and I've done a lot of things in between that low, low and today. So I feel like that's kind of what I want to go into. If you rather wait, would you rather tell your story and then we can share our tips together or should I talk about what helped me? It's up to you.
1: Talk about what helped
0: you. Okay. Um, so after that, coming off my medication, I think, was number one because that anxiety that I've never felt on top of my already like feeling really low I think was causing that like panic, like, I need to get out of the house, I need to get away from these thoughts, like that type of feeling. Um Another thing I think at the time I wrote a bunch down. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing and I've had people reach out and I'm really grateful that people can feel like they can confide in me or ask me questions about depression because it's something I've always been open with on social media. It's something I haven't talked about recently because because I'm no longer struggling. Yeah. So it's really hard to talk about it when you're so far removed now, which is like I'm even trying to channel different parts of it right now. And it's hard to remember. It's like I blocked it out completely. Yeah. Um, but. I always tell them there's a lot of things out there that might be like quick fixes or like Band-Aids. Like I think talking to a therapist is amazing. I think that can really help long term. Um, I think SSRIs can be amazing. I think those can help long term. But I think those are like quick little fixes of like, oh, these things are going to help me when in reality, like you need to help yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I was putting off for years. I was trying other things all of
1: the like you can do those things, but then also going into the inner work and figuring out like, well, how did we end up here? Yeah. Like where is this actually coming from? Yeah. Which a therapist can also help you do, but then also doing your own work. On the side is super beneficial.
0: Yeah, I think I was always doing the outside work and I was never looking in and being like, do I want help? do I want to change? I, I noticed, I felt a lot of comfort in those depressive episodes and I made it my identity. I was the girl that always wore black. I was the girl that was like always sad and making like self-deprecating jokes. Like I thought that was who I was. So I was like, what happens? Like, I didn't understand that there could be a fully 100% happy Kendall. Like I literally, my brother Cameron has always been that person so happy go lucky, not is. a care in the world and could never relate to my depression. And I was like, oh, like I could never be that. Like that's not in my wiring. And turns out it is. Yeah, <laughs> It was just a choice I needed to make. And it was a hard choice to be like, I, I need to choose to like keep fighting right now, especially that night, like in front of the hospital. I remember that being such a pivotal point because I was like, I never want to feel like this again. Yeah. Like I never want to even come close to feeling like this again. And I can't do that by just, Telling people I'm depressed or by like faking it till you make it. Like, I really had to sit and figure out, like you said, how did I get here? Why am I here? What can I actually do to help? And I think making that decision to even want to help myself was like the biggest decision you could make. Yes,
1: you actually have to make that choice because every single day you just keep waking up and you're like, you keep choosing just no, I'm not going to try. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to try. And then maybe one day you just finally wake up and say like okay I'm gonna choose to try Mm -hmm. in some small way
0: even if it's the tiniest way that kind of brings me to like the second thing that helped was like the tiniest accomplishments showering making a list making the list of things to do was my accomplishment some days of like let's just at least have an idea and have some goals of what I want to accomplish this day and like we've talked about it before like making lists with like really easy things that you can check Mm -hmm. off really does mentally kind of kind of help out Um, so Even writing down showering, writing down make a to do list, which Mm -hmm. I know seems so counterproductive, but that was the most productive thing I could do for myself at times. Was just give me little goals to do, and I was still working every day. Like I didn't stop working, but I was very like the work I do is in person with other people. I was definitely I don't even I would love to talk to them and be like, did you know? Because I I'm sure I was not showing up. I was like a shell of a person. but like actually putting motivation behind working and motivation behind working out instead of going through the motions and making it like a goal to even just like call my mom, talk to someone about it, reach out to people, leave the house. That was huge. And that brings me to what, how you helped me without even knowing this was kind of the whole end of um, that year. I forget what year it was. But in January, uh, the following year was my birthday. And I had been MIA from you for months and from everyone for months because I f- went through that very low low. And then I was like trying to t- finally take baby steps out of it in January was like when I stopped taking my medication. And when I and that helped me a lot, by the way, because I started feeling my feelings and that allowed me to sit in it mm-hmm. versus like the numbing out and like anxiousness that SSRIs were personally giving me. Um, and you, you like hit me up and you were like, hey, you've disappeared again or like something like that. Uh, let's work out. And it was like a few days before my birthday and I I agreed to it, which is something I hadn't done in a long time. Like I wasn't hanging out with anyone. Um, And I was like, okay. And then we went and we had a good workout and you like briefly said to me along the lines of like, you need to stop disappearing or like you need to stop ghosting everyone. (laughs) And um, like that helped a lot because getting out of the house is the best thing you can do. And Mm. seeing people you love or people that love you It's like the biggest thing. And then after that, I wasn't gonna do anything for my birthday because again, I was just avoiding everyone and everything. Like even while working through it, I just like, that was like that hardest step for me was face people that I've been ignoring. Um, and I invited a ton of people to like a birthday dinner, like Mm -hmm. a few weeks after and everyone showed up and it was really fun. Um, and that was, I feel like the breakthrough I needed was kind of like that weekend. And then after that, I felt a lot better and I have a million other things I can go into. (laughs) Should I continue?
1: If you need a break for your dry mouth, I could talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah.
0: Okay, I'm going to have you tell your story, and then I can share more tips on, like, what actually helped me. But, like, seriously, the biggest one was just choosing to help myself instead of pretending to help myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at least for me, mine's not as intense, I don't think. But for me, it happened right after I won my second show because right after that, four weeks later, I literally went into surgery and got my breast implants in. And so I was already post-show. I had put so much writing on that show date and everything. And then it was over and it felt like my life was literally falling apart. Cause I had like so much attachment to my bodybuilding identity. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go and get my implants and I went to Houston to go and do that. Cause that's where my doctor was. And I was four weeks post-show, started struggling a lot, a lot with binge eating again like I had in the past.
0: Mine was also... When binge eating yes. flared up for me. So yeah, they kind of coincided. For me, they
1: always coincide together. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go and get my surgery or whatever. And then I got get out of my surgery and I can't be in the gym for like a couple of weeks. So I went from training like an insane bodybuilder to being literally not able to even pick myself up by myself out of the bed. Mm-hmm. And if you know my personality, I do not like receiving help whatsoever. So it was really... Um, hard for me. Granted, I chose to put myself in that position and then the medication that they had me on, I'm pretty sure it was like Xanax every night, um, for the pain. Cause like you literally can't even get yourself up from the bed. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are really difficult. And I, I have a feeling that being on those was, was also like what made it worse. Well,
0: I think that is a form of an SSRI. Which yeah. Like for me, those don't do the best for yeah. me. And I,
1: it literally was just like a. I was a prescription for a certain amount of time until the pain. It was maybe like two weeks, but it was. I hated him, but I needed them in order to be feel okay because mm-hmm. I was in such pain, and um, I remember that my body was so swollen because obviously, like, I just got cut into and something – foreign was put into my body my body was swollen I had rolls on my back and on my stomach from how swollen I was so going from having the best physique that I ever had to being so focused on how my body looked like struggling with binge eating literally having rolls and everything and also not like feeling like a baby who can't do anything herself like it was just such a hard swing to the from the left to the right that it like hit me like a ton of bricks and then I remember I was still on the medication, but I had to drive back to Houston. And I think the moment that I realized like things were getting really bad was when I was driving to Houston alone to my post-op appointment, I had just like finished the rest of the pills for everything and they had to check up on my stitches and everything. And I was driving to Houston and I cried the entire two and a half hour drive all the way to Houston. And I had no idea quite yet At the time, why? Mm -hmm. And I was like, something is wrong. Like, I don't know what this is. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, why? I have no reason to be sad. What am I sad about? And I had no idea. And I just cried like the entire way there. I got my little checkup and everything and then drove back home and it just progressively got worse from there and I wasn't going to the gym even when I was allowed to get back into the gym I didn't want to go to the gym I
0: feel like that's a really big tell for me and you if like it's getting bad because that's our life if I don't
1: want to go to the gym it's getting bad Mm -hmm. if I don't want to wake up early in the morning for me that's my cue that it's getting bad if Mm -hmm. I because I naturally am the person that can sleep from 9 p.m till 12 noon the next day. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't working out and training and didn't have any goals that I was going after, that's what I did because there was no reason for me to wake up early. So if I start sleeping in like that like later and later, that's always my cue like you're getting depressed mm-hmm. and we need to figure out what's going on. So I didn't want to go to the gym. You're right, I didn't want to shower. I didn't want to even open up my laptop because it was too, like, anxious looking at it. I didn't want to be on social media, even though it was my job. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to see my mom and dad. I didn't want to see any of my friends. None of that. And I just was, I would, my routine every single day was I would wake up, I would go to bed super late because one thing that I notice when I'm depressed is that I fear the next day. hmm that I would stay up so late, even Zach would go to bed, because I was fearful of having to deal with my mind for another day. So I would go to bed late, and then I would wake up 12 noon, 1 o'clock. I'd wake up, and I wouldn't—I wasn't doing any meal planning, nothing. I would eat whatever I wanted. I'd probably just, like, I would order food every single day so that I didn't have to go out and get anything, order yep. DoorDash, like, whatever it was. And I wouldn't go to the gym, even when I was allowed to. Again, from training, I still wouldn't go. Or if I did, I would go and do cardio, like, alone in my apartment gym so no one could see me. And then it Zach knows when I get like this because he knows me so well by this point because it's this is that was the first time it ever happened and I didn't know what was going on. He just sat next to me and he was like, um, babe, I think you're depressed. And I was like, what? I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I just... Like I just, I got surgery, like all, you know, all these excuses yeah. and things like, and he's like, no, I mean, I've experienced this before and he's like, you're not acting like yourself. Like you don't want to train, you don't want to eat, like you don't want to work, you don't even want to shower, like you don't want to do anything. And I was like, you're, yeah, you're right. And that moment of him like actually noticing, cause I thought that I could like just pretend forever mm-hmm. was really helpful. And he just said something. Something that he said, and I wish I can remember it, was the start to me getting better. And it had been like that for, it was probably like four to six months at that point of of just every single day doing that same routine, fearing going to bed, fearing waking up, not wanting to, he was working and like continuing his life through this. And I just didn't care. I just didn't even care. Nothing mattered. Um, He said something to me along the lines of like, you have to fight like you have to want it.
0: Yeah. That's like the conversation I had with myself. Yeah. That it night. was like, yeah. you have
1: to, you have to fight. You have to want to get better because at that point I didn't really want to get better mm-hmm. because I, it was too, it seemed too hard. I felt like I was at the, uh, the way that I always describe depression is like, you feel like you're at the bottom of a well and you're looking up and you, all you see is black and you have to start climbing up through the well, and eventually those little baby steps of climbing, you'll see a light at the top of the tunnel. And then Mm -hmm. you know you felt that way when you finally like, I feel like I'm seeing the light again. And it just takes that little step, like getting up and taking a shower, waking up maybe instead of 12 noon, maybe making uh, at 11 a.m., maybe going to the gym, even if it's just your apartment gym, little tiny steps to get yourself to move in the right direction. And that's what I started doing. Mm -hmm. Zach was like, just start with getting back to the gym. And he's like, you don't have to go all seven, you know, seven days. You don't have to go six days. He's like, start going to the gym maybe three times, three times a week. So I started doing that. It was like pulling teeth, man. I hated every second of it. But after day one, I was like, okay, day two, it was okay. Next week happened. It started getting a little bit easier. I started going to the gym and it wasn't like pulling teeth. It was just like, okay, I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm unmotivated, but I'm going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And doing those little things and then showering again and waking up a little bit earlier yeah. and actually talking and reaching out to my mom and stuff like that. Cause I literally ghost, I ghost everybody. Mm-hmm. I'll ghost everybody. And I did too, except strangers yeah.
0: apparently. Yeah. Back then.
1: And then my telling my mom, like, I just haven't been myself lately. It helps. It does yeah. help, even though it's hard. And I am I uh, trust me, I am the, Anybody that knows me knows that if I'm struggling with anything, I am the last person to tell anybody. But that's something I have to continue to work on. But telling my mom and telling and, and having Zach there for me throughout that. I wouldn't have been able to do it without that. And community is a big aspect and human connection to getting better mm-hmm. and, and realizing that you aren't alone. So That's why
0: I'm hoping like even if you have nobody that you feel like you can yeah. or could reach out to, that's why I think I wanted to do this series so bad yeah. because... When it is in that intimidating point where you don't want to tell the people in your life, but you still need to and want to connect to people, like hopefully us and this and anything we can put out there can be like that little source of connection.
1: Exactly. Just knowing that like we have been through it. I've been through it two times. I've where I really <laughs> well I really know that I'm in it. Yeah. And, I've had two like really yeah. dark
0: times. Um the rest were like just little dips where I could tell I was like getting mild quote unquote yeah. symptoms of being depressed, but they yeah. never lasted as long as those like two yeah. dark points did.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like the the second time was not as bad. It was more um, distractive too. it was. I, I would say it was right after my pro show Zach and I were breaking up I had to move out my whole life was changing mm-hmm. like everything that I thought that I knew about my life was crumbling and it was I was still showing up and doing all of the things
0: mm-hmm. if anything I, you were doing even more I was doing
1: even more but that's yeah. what I do like when I'm going through something, I just work even more so that I don't have to feel the feels. And it wasn't as low as that point to where I wasn't doing anything. Like I was doing the, the most so that I can just not think about it. And that ends up leaving you just feeling utterly like obliterated later. So Mm -hmm. it's just prolonging what's going to happen. So that's my story. Not as long, but you know, mine, mine
0: could be 10 years long. I've had a lot of experiences. She's lived a lot it. of lives and she's yeah. only 22. Yeah, no, too many lives. Um, okay, I want to go into a few other things that could help and that helped us. Yeah. So anything you want to add into, okay. I'm going to kind of go through my list. Um, I already said the the hard talk of choosing yourself, deciding yeah. if you want to and should get better. Um, and that is a hard decision sometimes, but it's one most definitely worth taking every single time. Um, another was the small accomplishments that we both kind of hit. The third one, again, forcing yourself out of the house. Um, I realized on the times or the days, maybe, like, weekends. I've never, like, worked with clients on weekends. So those are, like, my me time or yeah. online work days or stuff like that. Um, that Those were the days especially I was, like, fearful for because I yeah. I didn't have anything forcing me out of the house. Yeah. So little things like choosing coffee shops to go work at, yeah. like, someplace where you don't have to interact with people. Yeah. Or but just, you can like, still walk be in out
1: in your neighborhood yeah. where you know, like, okay, I'm going to just You're do safe. my little walk. I'm safe. I, and if I want to come back to my house, I come back to my house. Yeah. Know? Yeah.
0: Just like those little things of forcing yourself out um, or even speaking. I mean, one of the things on this list is talking to someone, putting words to your emotions, to your feelings helps. And one of those things is maybe telling them like, hey, you need to kind of force me like if you have a significant other be like like force me out of the house this weekend like let's do something i'm gonna probably say no Mm -hmm. but like make me (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's the point it got to for me where like the people that were in my life i was like you have to like force me to like come visit my mom in houston right or something like that like i just needed to get out um Another thing, again, talking to someone that could be if you have like not friends or family that are maybe supportive or would understand, talk to a therapist. It's literally their job to be there for you, to Mm. listen to you. Um, There's a ton of uh, like self-help hotlines, too, which I'm sure we could put in the description if you ever need it. Yeah, we're gonna have
1: all these resources in the description for anybody that is struggling.
0: There's a lot of like communities and like group therapy sessions, things you can do in that avenue. Um, But I think just Putting voice to it, even if it's in the form of journaling, as long as you're putting a voice behind how you're feeling, it makes it more real. And when it's real, it's easier to overcome.
1: Yeah, versus like, oh, now it's on paper. Yeah, I I am actually thinking this instead yeah. of it just being stuck in your head all yeah. day.
0: I think every time I've hit a low depressive point, I don't realize I'm in it until it's really bad. Yes. Um, versus if I was journaling and being honest with myself and my thoughts early yeah. on, I, now that's something I do. I can tell if I have like one of those dips coming. The first thing I do is voice it to my boyfriend. He knows like, Hey, I'm just letting you know, like, I feel a little, I feel a little low or like a little off this week. And like, he instantly knows that a big thing for me is like physical affection. Makes me feel very loved and better <laughs> me, So i'm like
1: don't touch know, me get away don't from talk me talk to me
0: um <laughs> <laughs> i've had days where literally all i need is like a big hug where i can cry like i just need to cry in a hug and then i'm good and then i'm over it yeah. and if i let those feelings fester and evolve and get deeper and worse by avoiding them mm-hmm. and not talking about them um or pretending they're not there that's something i did for a long time is i would like overly pretend I was okay. And to the point where like, I would crash even harder well, when yeah. I face the reality, don't even have
1: the energy to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then now you're pretending on top of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So talk to someone, if you have someone, if you don't have someone therapies out there, we'll put resources in the, in the description. Um, but that helped me a lot. Self-care too. Like I said, even showering yeah. gets hard doing anything to prioritize you, loving yourself in any capacity.
1: One thing that I did weirdly during that time, because like my body was swelling, I had literally cuts like in my boobs, my boobs were up here because (laughs) they haven't settled. I wasn't feeling very confident in my body. Like it was looking in a, it was looking in a way I've never seen it before. So what I did focus on was like, okay, well what other aspects of self-care can I implement to make myself feel a little bit more confident? I was like, I can do my hair. You know, I can do my makeup. So yeah. then I would focus more on those areas instead of the other things that I was stressing and over anxious. At. I was like, well, like I have really, I have really good hair.
0: Yeah, I'm really good at makeup. So like things. I can do yeah. this. So
1: focus on those kinds of self care things instead. So maybe it's like a skincare routine. Maybe it's taking a bath. Like whatever that is to make you feel a little taken care of, because. We don't take care of ourselves at all during this point, mentally Mm -hmm. or physically. So what can you do to do that?
0: It could be like the tiniest thing. And along with that, one I didn't write, um, but I talked about the other day, was um, spending time alone and finding what you love, like find things that excite you, things you love doing make those the reasons you're getting up in the morning because sometimes in that time, like sh- just showing up for yourself isn't enough. So show yeah. up for things that you can look forward to, yeah. create plans in the future that you can look forward to, just anything to hold on to that gets you up in the morning and excited yeah. for something, right? Yeah. Um, so like self-care and, and spending quality time alone, not just time alone, because we do enough of that in, that, in those time periods. Um, but doing things you really love and enjoy. And for us, that's like always been the gym. So getting back to like, A huge thing for me is getting like a fresh start. Any depressive episode ends with like a fresh new routine for me. I switch gyms all the time. That creates that kind of like excitement and like newfound like, oh, I get to meet the people there. I get to try new equipment. I get to be in a new atmosphere, uh, have a different background if I'm doing content, whatever it is. Um, So that's always helped me too, is just like finding something new and exciting that you can focus on, maybe a new hobby or like a new activity to do. And along with that, like I've also, I love moving. I know a lot of people hate that type of change, but that type of change also always helps me because again, it feels like a fresh start. So I feel like whatever mental, um, I guess like, whatever mental drowning i was doing in the place before i'm like oh but it's gone now like yeah. i'm in a new place yes. i can be a lot lighter <laughs>
1: yeah i get that i yeah. definitely get that
0: and then more journaling meditating um any practice like that where you're sitting with your thoughts and or i guess meditating's lack of thoughts but that also helps is learning how to like kind of weave out the bad thoughts and focus more on the good I feel like those are two amazing tools that you can fully just do in bed by yourself Mm -hmm. um that really helped me a lot because a lot of the times you're running through or from those emotions in the time when really if you sit and face them like I said when you put a face to it or words to it it's a lot easier to overcome versus if it's just this like big dark monster that's like overcoming your negative thoughts. Um, Another weird little one I noticed was music choice. I used to listen like of, I'm not even kidding. There was like this song called sad and alone (laughs) What that I would listen to regularly. Like all of my music was super like, I hate myself. I hate my life. Just like the saddest, like Like, e-boy music. Literally
1: what you're inputting during this time is Mm -hmm. so important because I remember that I would watch, listen to, read, like consume. Things would just reaffirm how I already felt about myself. Yeah. So switching your environment to listening to podcasts that are like this, that are are more uplifting, that make you feel like you're not alone, Mm -hmm. you know, curating your content more, getting off social media. What can you do to break that pattern? Because I know that a pattern that we have when we're feeling in a depressive state is the pattern of... Couch, TV, maybe even double distraction so we don't like, oh, like triple with, for with, me. with phone, like with food, like whatever it is. So how can you break that pattern in a small way, whether it is to put on something else that's going to be more beneficial for you, you and not make you feel worse about yourself, mm-hmm. whether it is to turn the TV off real quick and literally just do a lap around your apartment. Just do a lap, break it. Maybe like break clean
0: it. something up, yeah, something maybe, small, throw something go out. Go wash a dish of like yeah.
1: so, something to pattern interrupt because it's so easy to just be in that low vibration and stay there. Mm-hmm because it's easier to be there than it is to want to fight for it.
0: Absolutely. Um, a huge podcast I used to love listening to, still do, but don't do enough, um, is Dr. Huberman. Yeah. He, um, he does a lot on mental health and also on eating disorders yeah. and just talks about fully, like our brain scientific response to certain things.
1: Being logical about it helps. <laughs> yeah,
0: it does. You're like, oh, that, that's why I feel that's this way. That's what
1: helped me he- yeah. heal from binge eating was, was figuring out how my brain worked while struggling with binge eating. It Mm -hmm. was unreal. Are we going to have a binge eating one, a part of this? We should. I think we we do. We definitely need an updated one because people ask me about it still a lot. So we'll add that as an episode. We can talk
0: about it more on the mental sense too, um, since that's really what this whole series is going into.
1: Oh, I can't wait for that episode. (laughs) I love, this sounds so, it sounds silly and I'm not making this like a funny thing, but I love talking about it because Mm -hmm. of how much I learned and educated myself on it while I was struggling with it. You probably the same yeah. that I that was the most like, books I've ever read. <laughs> most books I've ever read podcasts I've ever listened to, yeah. but yeah. Those
0: but, are, those are the main tips I have. Um, and I think just different variations of all of these tips, everything. you can interpret it how you want and find what works for you. What doesn't again, like if SSRIs are the fix for you, I think yeah. they can be extremely helpful. It's just, I think I, I, was doing it for the wrong reason. I, yeah. I wasn't going in with the, I want to get better. I was doing in to please make others.
1: Just make it yeah, stop. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so I think it is beneficial to fa- like face the noise and get through it the tough way. Um, and now when it shows up for me, I think just the normal practices of like, voicing it. Like yeah. I try to voice it as early as I notice an energy shift in myself, because when I do, it's less scary. Now I know what I can do in this, these steps I take yeah. to, to overcome it instead of waiting so long that it's so bad so that it's bad. so hard to get out of.
1: Yeah. Because then it's like you're falling deeper and the deeper that you fall into the well, the more you're going to have to climb to get out. Yeah. So if it's like you're halfway in, it's like, tell someone start doing these things now so that you can just, Start climbing out. And I it. will
0: say, I don't know if you get this way because I think I I've just I've dealt with it since like childhood. Mm-hmm. And being far removed now, I am so scared of being depressed again that if anything it causes me to freak out if I notice a shift. I don't know if I, I know other people deal with it, but I don't know if, if you've ever gotten that. I
1: guess so. And but my reaction is to overwork and do more, which yeah. leads me to feeling fatigued and tired and, and then yeah. wanting to take a nap. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I think I'm just so scared of becoming like that, like 20 year old version of yeah. myself again, which I know I never will because I have such a different perspective now. Yeah. Um, but it is scary. I mean, for some people, like I said, like clinical yeah. diagnosed depression can be a chemical. You imbalance. know what
1: I do fear? What I do fear I guess it's kind of saying yes to your question is for me and I don't want this to, I don't want to put this into
0: existence,
1: existence but like one of the things that I fear is being pregnant and going through postpartum. Mm-hmm. I fear that mm-hmm. I fear the mental s- stuff that happens with that, with your body changing, your hormones changing, like your whole life has changed. I know that a lot of women struggle with that Yeah, and it's not talked about enough. So I do fear that. Yeah. But I, I ain't definitely gonna put thought, that out there. I'm gonna be fine.
0: Yes, we will be manifested. Manifest that um, shit. That's another thing on this list is manifesting just like a more positive mentality. I honestly, I still write it every time I do like my manifestations of the month. I have it on like a whiteboard on our fridge. Um, I'll write mine and my boyfriend's as like their own little categories. Cute. And one I always write is have less anxiety this month, which like Seems simple and is a very general thing because I don't want to say like have zero anxiety Mm -hmm. like I need to be realistic with myself but just overall like let's just have a let's have a calmer stress free month. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm not doing too well on that.
0: You are in prep, which adds to it. Um, but I do think like postpartum, not to compare it to bodybuilding at all. And post-show can be similar in that fact that like.
1: Your body completely yeah, changes. Your hormones
0: are changing. It's kind of true. The The date you've been leading up for for several months is now over. And now you need to find like new Except things. Except at
1: the end of a bodybuilding show, you don't have a human to take care Very of. True. That and you, you also need to don't raise. have to push a yeah.
0: child out of yeah. you.
1: I don't want to be a mom Um, I don't want it I don't want it it. yes you do I do I do I was born to so
0: many girls I was
1: born to be a mom no boys I want boys I want boys
0: um I I do think about that too in the mom sense I think I used to be scared that I was gonna like pass my mental quote-unquote issues onto my kid but now I do realize that it was definitely more of a mentality thing I don't think I have a chemical imbalance I think I was just didn't know how to face anything circumstances
1: that you went through circumstances Mm -hmm. that everyone's route in life is so different and you went through some shit and some crappy people that that made it yeah, that made it harder for you to get out of it because you had not only were you being mean to yourself, but you also had other people telling you that you were the worst also. Yeah. So then you're like, well, I guess I am.
0: Yeah, it, they were almost like, um, like feeding into the yeah. negative narrative I was already giving myself, yes. which I think if I was mentally tougher at the time, wouldn't have affected me so much. I also totally wouldn't even let myself be in a situation also, like that you were now. 17. Yeah, so. exactly. And I, that was my first real relationship ever. So that was just like, not a good, not a yeah. good intro to dating. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, I think the moral of this is that you're not alone. Um. Everyone deals with different mental obstacles and challenges. Often, if you ever need anyone, if it comes down to it, DM me. I don't care. I will always try to answer. Um. Just don't go through it alone.
1: Like. Like. We're not professionals like whatsoever. No, no. don't come to me first, please. (laughs) But if you feel like you have no friends or family that you're comfortable with talking to, like you can for sure DM us. Or if you ever have questions. Pick me ups or if you need our personal experiences or whatever, just like Kendall said, you're not alone. And if you're going through this right now, just know that you have to, you got to fight. Mm-hmm. You got to fight. That's- it, may,
0: it may seem like the last thing you want to do, but you need to. Um, and the longer you push off doing that fight, the harder the fight's going to be. Yeah. So I think just facing it, face it as soon as possible. Yeah. And if this seems like a trend you're having, I would definitely talk to a professional. Even if you don't want to get on medication, there's professionals out there that are holistic. There's a, there's um what is it? It's the... They like, oh, what's it called? (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to think of it. Hypnotherapist? Yeah. Yeah, like there's a million types of therapists out there. It doesn't mean you have to do talk therapy. That might not work for you. Maybe you want to like do some sort of like machinery therapy or like Mm -hmm. group therapy, whatever it looks like for you. Just talk to a professional if this is a trend you keep noticing. And maybe by listening to us, you're like, oh shit, I have felt that or I do feel that and I didn't even know and I wasn't even – putting the word depression to yeah. it um also don't self-diagnose yeah. but i'm just also saying. <laughs> if you're
1: a little like woo woo like me doing things like reiki and breath work mm-hmm. really move energy mm-hmm. really move energy i literally have my massage and reiki session today she does my reiki at the end and then does like tuning forks to figure out which chakras are blocked every single time it's the same one so <laughs>
0: There you go. I have a client that like sh- was stretching last week and they told me the next day, they were like, I cried while stretching. Like just that energy yeah, release yeah, on the their own. Yeah, energy
1: release is unreal. Yeah. I literally, when I was telling you that I was having that crazy anxiety attack on Monday, mm-hmm. which we'll go into the next episode and I was feeling so great. I went to the gym and I literally, I, I, I typically don't need the gym to release energy because I'm pretty good at like, you know, managing it. But today, that day was one of those days I went to the gym and I felt amazing because I had released it. I killed it on cardio. I lifted as heavy as I possibly could and without harming myself and I lifted a little bit heavier and I released that energy that was like balled up inside of me. So, yeah, yeah. again, guys, honestly, I'm going to leave you with this because I'm pretty sure I remember what Zach told me. And People do this to me a lot, which I love that they do this because they hold me accountable to my word. But the thing that he told me when I was laying there on that couch and I just didn't want to fight anymore, and I had to choose me and choose to fight, he said, Remember, you're more powerful than you think. And I was like, Oh, Stop fuck up, you, try. man. <laughs> you like, are. I was like, yeah. Damn it. And the thing is, I have, like, when I'm feeling down, I have a lot of people DM me my own saying that I have lived by since I started my business in 2020. Like yeah. they've DM me. Remember Julia, you're more powerful than you think. I'm like, thank you. It's you're right. It's easier to forget. I, I forget, even mm-hmm. though I'm the lady that says it every other sentence. Yeah. So just remember you are more powerful than you think. And we love you so much. Genuinely. And you got this.
0: I am proud of you. If you even listen to this yeah. while going through a hard time, because yeah. I know sometimes it's hard to face.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.